Get ready to drop the puck, take a free throw, and step up to the plate. It's time for the Metro East Sports Podcast on lineupmedia.fm. From the lineup media studios in beautiful downtown Edwardsville, welcome to the Metro East Sports Podcast, season number three, show number 24, recorded Monday, August 2nd, 2022. Thanks to partners Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans. What I say, August 2nd? It's not August 2nd. It's August 8th. Come on, Parmenteers. You got to help me out. You, you don't even... yeah, we're like, August we 8th. You know, we're already off to a terrible start. All right, let me get back to this. Thanks to partners Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquis, Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, and Rosenthal License and Title Services. We're talking all things sports in the Metro East. I'm Dave Leip. And tonight's show is a Legend Series episode featuring the legendary Parmentier family, Joe, Mike, and Bill, the triple-headed Hall of Fame trio. (laughs) How do you like that? Love it. Pretty good for an intro. (laughs) Three things you can do to help this podcast. Number one, subscribe to it. It's free and you'll love it. Number two, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you don't check out this show and find this show on YouTube, you'll never see that Bill looks like a young Telly Savalas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, if you have a story idea, email it to me at mespdavidgmail.com. I should have saved my good material. Today. Yeah, yeah, here I am breaking into the good stuff. Remember, you can nominate your favorite team for Integrity Spine and Joint Center Metro East Team of the Month. Could be a park and rec team, could be a middle school team, a high school team, you name it. To nominate a team for Team of the Month, send your suggestion to, you knew this was coming, mespdave at gmail.com. Please put Team of the Month in the subject line. All right, welcome to the show, guys. Let's get, let me welcome welcome you individually and you can say hello to our listeners and they know who you're listening to. Bill, let's, you're, the, you're the pops of the family. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Joe? Yep. Hello. Thank you very much. Uh, this is uh, going to be a treat. And and Mr. Mike. Yeah, I'm just uh, really pleased to be here with my father and my brother and uh, ready to get after it. Okay. I mentioned you guys are three Hall of Famers. Two of you are Hall of Famers in football, and one of you is a Hall of Famer in basketball. And the first question is, were you not good enough to play football, Joe? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was terrible. <laughs> he played one year for me. One year, and you cut him? No, I tried to give him the ball as much as I could. He wouldn't take it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the early days. You had these guys at Southwestern High School. Where else? Where did you raise these children? Well, we started out at Arcola. They were just, that's where I started. And they were just pups then, you know, they really. And then we went to Elk Grove. That's right. That's where Joe got involved in basketball. And Michael was out in the backyard with us when we'd play our baseball game. And you got two daughters, is that right as well? Three. Three girls. So two boys, three girls, and you're going from Arcola to Elk Grove and then eventually to Southwestern. Well, he went into Gillespie before Elk yeah. Grove. Gillespie. Okay. okay. He was there for uh, five, six years. Oh, I've been everywhere, you know. Come on. Kind of like Johnny Cash. Yeah, he has been. He has been everywhere. Okay, so give us a glimpse. You open the front door to the Parmentier house when you're a young coach in Gillespie, and what does it look like? Well, I'll tell you what. I had the most wonderful woman in the world. We lost her about a year ago now, and she's the one that held us all together. So you're coaching, and she's taking care of these she five does it kids. All. Yes, she did it all. Okay, and you were a head football coach at Gillespie, and, and basketball. Oh wow! Yep. And were you teaching then too? PE. Yep. Okay. And what year did you leave Gillespie for Carrollton? For Southwestern. Southwestern. Sorry, sorry, Southwestern. sorry. Southwestern. I left in 1976. Okay. How about that for a time? Joe says no. No, he uh, um, he left Lisby in 1969 and went to uh, 
a place called Lockport Central for a year. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that was 1970. And then in 1970, after one year in Lockport, uh, which is now Bolingbrook, he went to uh, oh. Elk Grove. Elk Grove. Yeah. Okay. So then you wind up down here and at I Southwestern. Southwestern. Okay. And what grade were you in at this time, Mike, when you? I, I was going into first grade. Okay. So you really grew up. Mm-hmm. In Piesaw. We had all, all 12 years, uh, you know, as a Piesaw bird. Okay. What about you? Uh, I, was I that, up, was, that was most of your high school, but not all of it, because you uh, went your yeah. freshman year at Elk Grove. Right. I went, uh, I went to Glisbee, and then I went to uh, uh, Lockport, which was Crest Hill at the place, for uh, sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, I moved to, we moved to Elk Grove. Okay. So y'all ask, I'll ask the boys now. You open that door at Southwestern High School when dad's, the, dad's coaching in there. And what do I see? Do I see five kids running around chasing each other with, with, with hammers and, and, and whatnot? Or, or do I see all the kids sitting at the, at the dinner table and no elbows on the table? What was it? Or was it something in between? It was a lot of basketball, a lot of football. Just play whatever. We'd throw the football around, play baseball. It was nonstop sports for me. Um, played with my brother and We'd play one-on-one all day, all night. Um, I had a really good neighbor, Ronnie Musgrave, and uh, he and I would play everything. We 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 didn't come inside till it was about ten o'clock at night. And you were quite a bit older, though. I mean, you're yeah, like, I'm like ten years older. Yeah. So if if your brother's playing with you, he's smacking you around, no, or I'm, he's I'm being ki- I'm killing him. He kills me. He's got no chance. <laughs> he beat me all the time. Even then, yeah. you're in high school oh, and you're losing to a fifth oh, grader. I tell you, he can play. No I, wonder you yeah. quit playing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> How about the girls? Were they athletes? He, he, he oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about girlfriends. I was like, uh, no. he beat me on that. He, <laughs> no. he was the lady Where this is a, this is a, a <laughs> this is a family show. We're not, we're not, we're not getting into those exploits. I want to know about the, about your daughters. Were they athletes? Oh, uh, one of them thought she was pretty good and, <laughs> you know, but she was the only one that played. We only had. And that was Peggy, the girl that lives in Hardin, Calhoun now. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you wonder, you know, if you had kids today, you know, if you'd have raised those girls in a different time when girls had more opportunities, maybe your daughters, maybe your sisters yeah. would, have, would have got more chances to play. I'm, I'm glad now that girls have more opportunities. Yeah, My sister Gail played softball until we moved to Elk Grove, and then she quit playing because it was just a whole different thing, you know, thing. And then Peggy played, and then... My little sister, she was more of a gymnast, and, and, and she tried to play softball. We'd go watch her, mm. and she could. It was something. So you coached <laughs> Joe in basketball at Southwestern, yep. though? Yep. Okay. What was I didn't it? coach him. You didn't basketball. coach him? No. Okay. Did you coach him in anything? Yeah, football. Yeah. Just that one year? Yeah. Yep. And he was terrible. We've established that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. But I this put guy, him as close to the line as I could and give him the ball. And try to sneak him in for a touchdown all the time. Like the refrigerator parry? Yeah, it didn't work. Right. Yeah. But it didn't work. But then you coached Mike, and he was a Telegraph Athlete of the Year and a, and a, fantastic, and a fantastic athlete. He was a terrific quarterback. What was it like coaching him? It was fun. It really was. And it, it was Joe, too. I, I, got, I was harder on Joe. I, I think I... I learned a little bit more about it, and he had to pay the price for it. <laughs> but when Michael came along, I was... You, you had more experience, I, and you right, were wiser. I could, I could handle the situation all right. Mm. And you were able to pass down that, that knowledge of being coached by your dad when you coached, coached your son, Luke. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about your, your coaching career. The boys go off, and then you guys go off to college, and you play some college ball. What did you learn from your dad, or what did you take from the Parmentier family that led you to success collegiately? You know, I, the biggest thing I think I learned was accountability. You know, if you show up and you work hard, you're going to play. You know, you just got to keep working and um, be on time and, and, and be accountable and then give it everything you got every time, and, uh, you know, success will come. And those were things you learned – as a kid, playing for your dad or living with your dad? Uh, both. both, probably, because he when we went out and played wiffle ball, we 
you know, he, he wanted to win. I, I, mean, I went out to beat him, that's for sure. You played wiffle ball with the kids. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. you played against the kids, and you didn't let them win because you wanted to <laughs> no teach way. them. No Very way. good. Ping win. pong, he was a champ at ping pong. Nobody could beat him at ping pong. True, huh? Everything. You played everything. Oh, I tried. I loved it. Do you guys remember getting beaten by your dad in all these sports when you grew up? He was a little bit older. Uh, he never that, he never beat me. I couldn't move. <laughs> he couldn't I, even get out of the I'm chair. The, I'm the ugly duck in the family. You got to realize that. Man, it sounds like you had it rough growing up. Un- unbelievable. All right, Mike, so where does college take you? Uh, went to Millican University. First off, I went to St. Francis um, NAIA school up in Joliet. Had a lot of fun up there, but it was a suitcase college. Everybody went home on the weekends, and me and my roommate from – where was he from? Uh, Warsaw, Illinois. A couple of hillbilly boys. We just staring at each other in the room. And after the first, I, I, I wish I'd went all four years there. But it, you know, I got to know some people. But it was just kind of weird because everybody was gone on the weekend. Everybody's from Joliet, Chicago, and they were gone. And so uh, went down down to uh, Milliken and uh, Indicator. Yep, and played basketball down there. A little bit closer to home, uh, also. And uh, had a lot of fun playing basketball there. And when did you know you want to be a coach? Did you figure that out when you were in college? Um, you know, first off, I wanted to be a radio announcer and do, you know, sports. Um, my passion for sports is off the, off the charts. I mean, I, that's all I've ever known. My wife kids me, you know, I don't know how to do an oil change. I don't know how to do anything electric. So she'll do all the manual stuff and all the, you know, all the hard work. Your wife will change the oil on my truck if I bring it. She probably will. (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, we were brought up with sports and, uh, you know, I'm not saying, but you know, we would mow and do some things like that, but boy, she kind of wears the pants in the family as far as the, uh, manly things go. (laughs) All right. How about you? We, we talked about this when you yeah. were on the show last time, Joe, that you had a pretty good idea that you wanted to coach. Ever since he was at Gillespie, I was, you know, that's what I wanted to do because I saw the rapport between him and his players. And that was just, uh, you know, and then when they'd come back and visit, and it was just so cool. And then, you know, just when, you know, I was, luck, I was more of a part of it than Mike was because I got to be manager and all that stuff, you know, when he was coaching at a small town like Gillespie. When I went to Elk Grove, it was a different story. And then so – you know, I really knew right then and there that's what I wanted to do. Bill, where did you grow up? Gillespie. Oh, so you grew up in Bel- yes, Gillespie. Yes, I did. So yeah. when you came home from Elk Grove, when you went to Gillespie from, o- from Elk Grove, you were going home. Yes, but uh, no, I went to Southwestern first, and then we came to Gillespie. Okay, gotcha. But my wife didn't want to come to Gillespie. Really? No, no. And what sports did you play at Gillespie High? All of them. Really? Yeah. Football, basketball, baseball? Yep. Okay. He went to Eastern and played pretty – he was a pretty good ball player. What did you play there? Baseball Baseball and basketball. I played basketball for two years. I went there with – under the basketball coach by the name of Bill Healy. And he was probably the finest coach I ever been around in my life. What did you take from him? What did he do that inspired you in your coaching career? He, he, I, I didn't take after him, but <laughs> he was very calm, and uh, he, he had control of the situation. Yeah, you, because I've never heard of a palm. I never heard Parmentier and calm in the same sentence. But <laughs> then I haven't heard much about Mike's career yet. Oh, I yeah. know the accolades, but I don't know the style. I know, I know Joe's style, but. What was your style as a coach? He couldn't even carry my Joe could, supporter, yeah. In terms of, like, fieriness? Oh, yeah. I was, you were one to work the referees? Oh, I did. <laughs> yes, I, did I, was, you, I was terrible. Did you ever get kicked out of a game? <laughs> Many times. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a story that you remember about getting kicked out of a game. What's that superintendent's name? Wilbur Trimpey, right? Not, yeah, there's a Trimpey yeah. Middle School in yeah, Bethalto. Yeah, well, he was a basketball official. And we were over at, I was at Southwestern, and we were playing Gillespie. And, boy, it was a big one for us to win, you know. And I had him ready. I know I did. And uh, so we get out there, and I'm, they had a young man by the name of Buzz Linton. I know you've heard of the name. Buzz Linton. Yep, Bob Linton. Okay. He was a, probably one of the finest high school basketball players ever, wasn't he? Yeah. 
He was something else. I knew if we could follow him out or we could control him just a little bit, we had a chance to win. And so he had four fouls on him, and I was setting screens on him everywhere, and he'd knock them down, and they'd call the foul on us for a block. So I was out in the middle of court, and Wilbur was there. And he said, Bill, look, you know where you're at? And I didn't. I, you know, I didn't realize where I was at. Out in the middle of the court. Oh, right in the center circle. And he says, I'm just going to tell you this. For every step that it takes you to get back to that bench, I'm going to call a technical foul. And uh, everybody just kind of, oh, I was sick because I, I knew I couldn't get there. <laughs> you had about 10, 15 steps. So I had two great big farm boys on the bench. So I called them out there, and they carried me off the court and sent me <laughs> on the bench. And he called one technical foul on me. That's all he did. Well, that's not bad. He didn't, oh, he didn't kick, he, he he didn't kick you out. He was a straight shooter, boy. Did he kick you out of the game? No. Well, that's not bad then. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to talk about Oak Brook Golf Club. Located northeast of Edwardsville, Illinois, Oak Brook Golf Club is a family-owned 27-hole public golf facility. Their goal is to offer the highest quality golf experience for a reasonable fee. Oak Brook is consistently recognized for, for awards such as friendliest staff, best course to host a fundraiser, and best senior scramble in the bi-state area. From fundraisers to leagues to instruction to an afternoon out on the links by yourself or with killer Chuck Janulavich, <laughs> the Brook wants to win your business. I've personally played and hosted multiple golf scrambles there, and I will attest Mike Surrey and his staff are the best. To book your tea time or to start organizing your next fundraising scramble, give them a call at 656-5600 or check them out online at oakbrookgc.com. All right, let's fast forward. The boys get done with college and they begin their, their high school coaching careers, careers which would lead them to join you in Halls of Fame. Yes. Start with your career, Joe. Well, I started in Manalov uh, and... Uh, First game I go to, my mom and dad sat behind me, and I got and <laughs> I got kicked out of the game because <laughs> I uh, they were screaming and hollering. My mom was and he was hollering at the referee, so I'm getting all excited. And this first game, it was at Auburn, and I was running up and down the floor. I got thrown out of the game. My first coaching game. So uh, wow, that was the last time they ever came. Uh, to we a didn't game. go to anymore. Uh, well, uh, really? Well, oh. they. They went to my we regional. came in, but we yeah. set up high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True story. Yeah. So that was you're blaming your dad for the fact that you got too intense with the referees. And my mother, yeah. my mother, uh, my mother. I <laughs> when he was a baby, and I took a charge at Elk Grove. Um, my mother was sitting with him in the stands and threw a bottle of aspirin and hit the referee right in the head. Wow. And the aspirins went all over, and everybody thought my mother was a saint, and and he was like five years old. And Sleep, the referee sleeping in her arms. Yeah, and the that's referee, why I'm kind of the yeah. calm one. They got a picture of my mom. She's screaming while she's holding me, and I'm like pretty much dead. I'm taking a nap, and I'm like three or four years old, and she's got her mouth wide open yeah, yelling. But, but she threw that bottle of aspirin, hit that referee, and the referee could not figure out who hit her or who hit him. And I knew automatically who hit him. But anyway, you recognize the aspirin. Ah, but anyway, that's how I started out in Manala for. Five years, and then I went and got my master's at Illinois State, and uh, I went to Triopia, and uh, and then I ended up in Wood River. Did you watch him coach much at yes. Wood River? Yes. Okay, so then Every, you got you got. To I be, tried to help him a little bit in football when he had the football. Job. Right, that was just for one year, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, then but, I had one year at Triopia, and then. But see, that's where they missed out because he's really a good football coach. I'm I didn't like you. I, I just didn't like it. It was too much time. Plus, when you're coaching basketball, yeah. too, and I know you coach some tennis, so you're coaching yeah, a lot of stuff. I, 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 like the, I like being indoors. All right, Mike. So you were at Girard and then Staunton? Yes. Girard, Staunton, three playoff wins at Girard, nine years at Staunton, and then seven years at CM as head football coach, including their first postseason win in 19 years over that was Quincy Notre Dame, right? Yes, yes. So – I think uh, Joe and I took after Dad as far as the journeyman 
Um, we traveled a lot, and I, I, I was always looking for jobs anywhere, you know, and one of our Joe and I's good friends, Kevin Gokel, always said never, you know, after coaching for eight years, you make, if you coach, you know, you make 40 uh, people that hate your guts, parents and all that stuff. So we tried, I tried to always move around. I kind of took that to heart, and uh, I always tried to move around. But uh, I, actually, I started off with uh, Wilbur Trimpey Junior High and was assistant coach for Rick Reinhardt at CM. And then I went to Edwardsville for one year. I was under coach Tim Doherty. Unbelievable. So much fun. Um, you coached football with Tim. What year was that? 1997. Okay, so I was there. Jimmy was a uh, senior. Colin Gardner. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jimmy separated his shoulder week nine against – uh, Granite City, I, or else I think we would have could have possibly won a state championship because what a team. Um, so, anyways, from there I went to Gerard, and Dad and I worked together. Dad was a local legend there because after he left Southwestern, he uh, took a job up at Gerard, and it was a small town, northern Macoupin County. Loved their football, and he resurrected the football program there. And so. He was he was God there, and so I got hired up there, and um, as you know, head football coach. And even though I didn't have a whole lot of experience, and he and I coached together our seven years up there, we had a lot of fun, and boy, we had some hard nosed kids, and uh, won a lot of football games, and nothing better, in my opinion, than small school football. I I just I love it. I mean, it, it and it's kind of the sad thing with that is kind of dying. You know, there's not a lot of you know they're going to eight man and all those things, and. But there's nothing better when you've got the whole town, you know, 2,200 people in Gerard. They were all there. They were there at every game. They'd travel. And there was a lot of pressure there as well. So, you know, we, <laughs> I got a letter from a guy saying I was a terrible coach and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, they loved you and they hated you. But, boy, it was, you know, for a school of, of 200, I mean, man. <laughs> you better win. And we, we, we did. We, had, we were pretty successful. What did it mean to you having your dad right there? In the, in that was the, huge because he, he – On uh, the sideline every game, huh? Well, he got kicked out one game there too. So, <laughs> And the thing was, uh, you know, the game that he got kicked out, all of his boys that he coached, you know, they all came to the game. And I don't think that referee made it out of Gerard. Um, I don't know what happened to him, but I'm sure he got the hell beat out of him. But uh, – <laughs> They were waiting for him, and in fact, he didn't even leave. He stayed on the field, and the referee like he just let him stay. So, but uh, with you know, with him on the, he did the offensive and defensive lines, and and uh, man, he was so good. And um, that's where we dominated. We uh, we were a, a power run team, and we we ran it right down your throat. We had some big kids, some big kids up there. So Farmstrong. Yep, we had a lot of fun up there, and, uh, you know, it was just – it was just, uh, I think we coached together for like 23 straight years, uh, football. I was head coach, he was assistant, and I think we did it for 23 straight years, and a lot of fun. You know, we were there at Gerard, and we went to Staunton, and then he even came down to see him and drove. So he would drive from Benelda, Illinois, all the way up to Gerard, probably 45, 50 minutes one way. So that's wow. how much he loved it. What's the difference coaching with your dad and coaching with just – Joe Blow, he he every day he uh, he it was like uh, the Super Bowl every day at practice he was more fired up than the kids were than some of the coaches were uh, I never had a coach that was that fired up all the time he was he, you know he never let one day go by without you know getting after it and putting your best uh, foot forward with those kids and I tell you what they loved him to death and and they still do and we're still in contact with guys from Gerard it's it's amazing they they had a they had a little uh, get together for for some Gillespie football players and Gerard football players. They had it in Gillespie a couple years ago. Uh, you got I got guys that are 60, 70 years old coming up and putting their arm around me and saying, "Man, your dad was the best coach and great guy." And so it's just neat to see all the people that he he affected and all the positive uh, ways that he did. What did you take from your dad, Joe? In terms of coaching, like when you in your temper, I know that. I mean, he coached one. Uh, he coached for me one year at uh, East Alton Wood River and got kicked out of a game there too. So I mean, uh, but that's I learned that practice and fifteen minutes early was that that was when you had to be that was on time and 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 and, and as a coach, you know, just never giving up. And I mean, I went through some seasons as we're just horrible, but, you know, I always tell them regionals are coming up, and, and then that's when we want to excel. But, 
you know, I just, you know, never, never wanted to lose. And, and I would fight for my players and, and just like, that's pretty, pretty much what he taught me. Mm. And how about you? Coaching with your kids is different than coaching for somebody else. Yes, it is. What was that experience like for you? Well, it was probably the only people I could take orders from. Right. was my own. I mean, I, I would not be a good assistant coach just to anybody because, you know, it's just that's not the way I'm made. Yeah, I tell you what, there's nothing better. As a head coach, there's nothing better than a good assistant coach, like you said, Mike, that brings it every single day. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves a good assistant coach, but you know what everybody hates? Waiting in line at the DMV, and now you don't have to. <laughs> Go see the state-certified experts at Rosenthal License Service for all your licensing needs, including title work for cars, trucks, motorcycles, ATVs, boats, campers, RVs, and trailers. Located in Edwardsville in the Montclair Shopping Plaza, right across from the DMV, Rosenthal is a local, family-owned business that has, that has been serving the Metro East for more than 80 years with fast, friendly service. And they can help you the next time you need a money order or a notary public. So, if you need to renew your stickers, save time with a quick and easy visit to my friends John and Francis at Rosenthal License Service. Or give them a call at 656-6163. All right. What's the legacy of the Parmentier family? I know it's, it's impossible for us to go through all the stops and all the great moments, obviously you had that huge playoff win and you were coaching and you coached your son and you had all the success at CM and he broke all the records, including receptions in a single season and yards, all that stuff. What's the legacy of the Parmentiers? Let's start with you, Mike. I think as far as coaches, um, I think our kids know that we genuinely love them. Uh, you know, we, we – had a true passion for every kid. I think we treated it. I, I know I did. I know they did. I got it from them. Um, treat every kid the same. Um, there was no, you know, favoritism or anything like that. But when uh, when when our guys, when I'm talking about our players of each of each of us three, when we went to play, our kids. I don't know. Our, I just know our kids played as hard as they possibly could. They gave us everything they had, and that's all we could ever ask for. And I think um, it went. It goes beyond coaching. Um, I'm still friends with my quarterback up at Girard. He, we text back and forth. I got a lot of kids I'm still in touch with and got a lot of good relationships. And so, you know, it, it, during that time, it's just a special time. And uh, But, man, our kids played hard, and, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Joe? I, you know, the thing that he really taught me was uh, family. You know, once you're a part of this family, you always be a part of the family. Come back, practice, come into the games, uh, come and talk to my player or talk to my teams. Uh, if you need something, we're there for you. I mean, you know, one thing I know about my dad is that, you know, as a leader of our family, you know, there ain't a better man in the world. And, and I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be that with the other kids, you know. I wanted them to know that, hey, you need something, you got it. And um, so I think, you know, dad teaching us the family, family values, you know, and uh, never giving up and, and you know, and then, you know, you got to be able to take a butt chew and you got to be able to, you know, when we pat you on the back. I mean, and I thought that was so important. And if you couldn't take a butt chew and you weren't going to make it in life, I mean, we didn't chew you out just to chew you out. We chewed you out to make you a better player. I mean, when he used to jump my butt constantly, but, you know, in my head, I'd say, F you, Pop, I'm going to show you what I can do. And I'd go out there and I'd do it. But otherwise, I'd try and lollygag as much as I could until. I got to the huddle and then, and then there it goes. So yeah, I'd let you have it. Yo, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to you, pops, Bill. Well, then when I got home, I got it. <laughs> I think part of that legacy. That was, that was her boys. Yeah. And I tell you what, boy, and she was tough. <laughs> I think part of your legacy, in addition to the coaching and the and the great relationships and the toughness, I think you have to put the great athleticism with four generations now with your son doing all the great stuff he did and you being a telegraph athlete of the year and your wife being a telegraph i think your family also has to equal excellence in athletics too not just not just coaching but but competing on the field right very much so yeah it was funny i uh you know luke was talking about my son luke was talking about the uh you know, feeling some pressure, and I, I never really viewed it from his standpoint of that, 
you know, we were all pretty successful athletes and, and coaches. And so, you know, I just never thought of that. And he was talking about that the other day that, you know, trying to live up to your shoes and or fill your shoes up and, you know, moms and, and, you know, Joe and grandpa and all that stuff, you know, at times he felt a little bit of pressure, but it also, you know, it motivated him and, and to, you know, to get in that weight room more and to do all the extra, you know, reps and all the things he had to do to make himself a good ball player. How about coaching during COVID? Was I mean, it was almost like coaching during a, during a world war, you know, everything just came to a standstill. You know, and then we were so we all just felt so lucky to get back to our games. You know, I had you ever seen anything like that during your no, life? No, I mean, how many years in coaching? 60 years in coaching? 68. Yeah. So nearly seven decades in coaching and that and that COVID was something that I'll say, yeah. you know, Mike had one of the Mike would have had one of his better teams at CM. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was loaded. Uh, when they the CM come or with the COVID coming, he he was. I thought they kept telling me all summer long, man, we're loaded. We got every position filled, and and uh, and and get struck with that, especially played, you know with played, the team. Played four games in the spring, and yeah. So I didn't really have a weight room at home, and we could kind of see you know teachers and then coaches that this was going to be a long term deal. So I basically borrowed a weight program for or weight room set from cm <laughs> i put it in our garage and because you know we couldn't go anywhere and luke got after it Luke got after it and he and it really it was crazy he uh you know we came back and uh you know however long it was the kids couldn't believe how much stronger and bigger he was and he he got after it it's kind of a good lesson for everybody to uh to learn how much weight room stuff was incorporated in your training when you first started coaching bill none so that's one thing that changed yep. During your Definitely. during yeah. your coaching tenure, and that yeah. hadn't that could not have been the only major change during your coaching career. Oh no no no! They, uh, you know, the rules. So many different things that you know, I just thought it was a lot better in the old days. I really did. Uh, really and he was did. he was talking about. Uh, you know, we had the 25 contact days, and we if you don't use all 25, then you're kind of being lazy as a football coach. And back when he coached, he said they didn't even see the kids in the summer. They didn't see them. They just worked on the farm or did whatever they wanted to do. And in the fall, they'd come, and they'd start playing football when, when school started. But they were doing physical labor, and they were getting stronger, those kids who worked you in the farm. You watch those boys when they threw those bales. Right. You would have thought they were lifting weights exactly <laughs> exactly that's a term that we all still yeah, use nope. today farm strong you know you got to use your core you got to use your legs you got to use it all but these days if the kids aren't in the weight room then the only thing they're using is their thumbs yep, yep. right yeah yep. any other so major true. changes during your career that you saw how about cell phones <laughs> yeah I, oh i didn't even know what a phone was i right. we all we had one at home but i never had leather helmets anything. Leather helmets when you started? Yes, when I played. Yeah, but I had a kind of a, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was some kind of helmet. That, <laughs> no, that kids no, face no face mask. No, no. no face mask. still doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> no cell phone for you still? No. Good for you. All right. I can't run it. I don't know how. You got, you got a car? <laughs> Next car you get, you know where you got to buy Cassins. Thanks to partners Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, the number one place to purchase a vehicle in the Metro East. If you're in the market for a new or a pre-owned car, check out Cassins Inventory in person, where they've been for 25 years or online at Cassins.com. Cassins has earned the highest ratings for customer service. Their expert staff is committed to making your car buying experience enjoyable, including convenient on-site financing. I've purchased four vehicles there, and I will not buy a car anyplace else, period. With over 80 years of experience in the Metro East, Cassins is the clear-cut leader for quality, service, and customer satisfaction. Go see Steve, Cliff, Holly, Greg, Bob, Mike, or Trent today. They got a convertible down there that you would look great in, Bill. I'm going to tell you something. My best friend would never go anywhere else but Cassins. You know why? Because your best friend was smart. Yes, he is, was. He, is he still with us? No. Who was it? Bill Meldy was his name. They'll remember him. Bill Meldy. Yep. And he bought M-E-L. every car at Cassins. Every car. Me too. Hey, one quick story. 
I, I followed him and I followed Joe and they both were PE teachers and driver's ed guys. And uh, I never got into driver's ed education because of the story he told me. He's driving down Main Street in Gillespie when, you know, back in the, they had all the mom and Model pop. Model T's. All the mom and pop shows, uh, businesses up and down the street. And so everything was, was busy back in the 60s. He's reading a sports page and the kid... <laughs> The kid jumped the curb and put the uh, car into the Weller's Market, entered into the window. Into what market? Weller's Market. It was a meat market. You still have a pound of ground beef, please. (laughs) Had a a big glass window, and he went right through it, and he was reading the newspaper. He didn't get in trouble for it. So the kid asked me, he says, how do you want me to get out, coach? I said, the same way you got in. (laughs) (laughs) But he so this was a kid me, you had in the field? Well, he asked me. He was the best athlete in school. I'm serious. He was an athlete, Steve. Yeah, I know. Steve Bennett. He didn't win the Indy 500. Oh, no, but boy. <laughs> or maybe he, could, he did. But he was, he, he just was a quality kid. And he came up to me and he said, can I, I need to work on my angle bar. He already has his license. But he was taking driver's ed, so he'd get the, the you know, the cut in price. Gotcha. So he insurance. says. Insurance. They gave him insurance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he said, you want me? I'm going to pull in here. Is that all right, coach? I said, I don't care where you park. You know, you're the one that wants to work it. I, he wasn't in my class anymore. And he hit the accelerator instead of the brake. They had parking meters there. We jumped that curb, and that parking meter scraped right down the side of the car. Holy cow. Just, I thank God that there was nobody crossing right there, and we went right into the window. Wow. Yeah, I guess if nobody got hurt, that was a pretty good, everybody was pretty lucky. And you probably quit reading the sports page when you were. (laughs) I didn't tell the owner. Of the car, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the school didn't own the car? No, we just rented it from okay. the, the local dealer there in town. And so that's why you never taught? No driver's ed. No driver's what did you teach? PE uh, P. and health. But Same for you? Uh, PE and uh, history. And I know that Joe loved teaching because I had him on the show when his career ended. But how about you, Mike? Was teaching big passion for you? I really enjoy it. I love being around the kids. Um, and you're still there, right? You're not retired yeah, I got, yet. I've got five more years. I'm at 29 years, and I'll have 34 years, and I'll be full. So um, looking forward to each year. I, I, I just love being around the young kids. I think it keeps you young. I'm a PE teacher. I'm on my feet all day. I see some of my buddies, and they have, they have a hard time getting around, and keeps me in shape and keeps me on top of things. And, you know, as kids have – uh, transformed as the years have gone, you got you know more things you got to look for, and you know as far as kids, they might try to do something here or there. So you got to be on your toes all the time. So getting out at age fifty-seven, probably smart. I won't, you know, because after that, I think they could probably t- take pretty good advantage of me. How do you think kids have changed? Um, I tell you what, the cell phone. I know it's a s- issue at our school. I think it's an issue um, across the United States. I they just can't get away from it. So that. That's a big one for me. Um, I think this year that they're not allowing cell phone use at school. I think they got to put it in, in a holder and keep it there all day. So I think that's going to be a real good thing at our school. I'm I'm looking forward to that because I think that's that's really changed the kids a lot. But um, you know, we we always I always have a lot of fun with the guys, and um, you know, we're in PE class. We we play it and we have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, I tell the kids you got an A until you you know if you don't work out you don't do anything and you don't dress out and that's the way you're going to fail and so it's kind of cut and dry and i don't think they've changed too much but that that darn cell phone i think uh i don't know we can get rid of that i love teaching <laughs> english i love teaching english until i have to grade those research papers and then i wish i would have coached pe I'll then i think it. man i wish i could go down there and teach kickball wiffle ball or golf <laughs> yes, whatever sir. they're doing down there in the pe department today but uh it's I, a good know, gig. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I like what you said about teaching, keeping you young, though, too, though. It, it, it keeps you young. And, and I know you love teaching, I love too. It, yeah. You know, I, when I listen to him talk, though, I, I think the cell phones are the big difference. But like when I was in school, I think it 
was the parents, the parents not being around anymore. You know, they don't ever go home to a meal, and their mom and dad are both there. The parents are either working or somewhere else. I, I blame it all on, you know, these kids don't have nothing. You know, they go home and nobody's there, you know. Yeah. And when I knew we went home, uh, mom was always there waiting on us. And, you know, it was, it was so important for a parent to be there. And I think, I think that's what's wrong with today's society. I don't think there's any, you know, the, the parents are just leaving their kids do what they want. And here's $20, go to McDonald's and... You know, I, I just, you know, looking back to what we had, oh, my goodness, what a blessing. You feel like you were lucky to have the parents and the family that you did. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, I tell mom everything, and uh, <laughs> I never told him hardly anything, and I'd, I'd say, I come home, oh, I got in trouble, I got a detention or something, and, and I'm like, I don't want to tell dad because I know what he's going to do to me, and, uh, and my mom would just, you know, She'd laugh it off and just say, okay. And so anyway, but I mean, my mother was, was the best. I mean, you know, when coming home to somebody special like that is, you know, was, it was so cool. These two guys are different, but they were different also because you had them at different times in your That's life. Right. You were older and wiser with, with this one. <laughs> but it seems like they're very different people too. How would you describe the difference between them? Tell the well, truth now. <laughs> I, you know, like Michael said, Michael's very laid back. You know, even when we're, I mean, we got a big game, you know, and I, he, he, he could handle himself really good. Where Joe was just like me, we were ready to go when that buzzard rang, boy, I tell you, and never quit until we either won or lost. Michael didn't like to lose either, and I saw him do some tough, tough, tough things when he lost a game or two. But uh, he had a exterior a good calm. rapport. Yeah. yeah. What, he, uh, Would you say that you were on the outside, placid, but on the inside you're still a parmentier and you're going nuts like Joe? Oh yeah. I mean, I I, I try to I try to get along with the officials and. You know, we went down to a playoff game and we're playing at Carterville and I'm a young buck and the guy looks at me and goes, the head official, are you related to Joe Parmentier? And I just knew. Depends. I would have said, maybe. Oh, boy. Do you know him? I go, yeah, it's my brother. And he goes, oh, okay. And uh, I, I don't know who it was, but I, I could tell he'd gotten into with Joe a few times. And then... You know, later down in this, you know, a few years later, same situation. I uh, no, I don't. You know, I don't know that guy. I, I, don't, I don't know who Joe Parmentier is. So I kind of learned. Joe, did you that. ever? Th- did you ever hear that saying that you that you attract more flies with honey than you do vinegar? Oh, did you man. ever? Did you ever try a little kindness with those officials, or did you just always assume that they needed <laughs> tough love? I figured they're getting paid. They better be able to work the game, and if they if they call a good game, I'll be good. But. Uh, I went out there, and I, like I said, I, that was my family, and I would do anything for them. And if I thought they made a bad call, they were going to hear it, and they did. <laughs> well, it's good when the coach exactly. – the same for you? Yep. You were, you were going to let them know. Oh, I had to. Uh, they'd been disappointed if I didn't, I think. Hey, you want to hear the, <laughs> the, the best one. I, we, uh, I was coaching an all-star game and said dad was working with me. I'm like, hey, you know, we can work on the – you know, Joe, I want you to come up. We'll go. To, we're playing up at IC uh, East West All Star Game for football, and I got Joe and Dad on the sideline. I got some other guys that you know working with me. And what year know, is this about? I think I was at Staunton, so I'm thinking about uh, probably about 15 years ago. And you know, it's an All Star Game, and we're playing a team that's pretty much Sacred Heart Griffin, yep. Rochester. And we're, we're small school guys, and we got the small school team, and so we know what's going to happen. And um, these guys are going nuts on the sideline, and I am just like, I, <laughs> I can't believe. And you're like, guys, it's an all star game. All star game. We're going to get beat forty to nothing. So just sit back, relax, and you know, I hear Dad going, Ken Leonard, he doesn't need any more calls. He's got the best players, money to buy. And, <laughs> You know, don't give him the calls to Jesus and Joe and I just. I left at, after the third quarter. I said I can't take no more. Yeah, I, 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 it was a different side of these two. I was just. Like, you couldn't even stick around for the whole game, Joe. Oh, oh I was mad. Self-imposed, oh. self-imposed, kicking oh. out, huh? 
Is that what I'm hearing? I guess. I don't know. I, he got me going, though. I had to blame it on him. <laughs> I'm noticing the trend that every time that you freak out get or, or get kicked out or kick yourself out, you blame your parents. That's right. right, right. I think you are a grown man, and it's time for you, Joe, to start owning some of the crazy things that, that you've done. What is the craziest thing you ever saw this guy do as a coach, Bill? Let's talk about Joe first. Was there well, ever a time, was there ever a time when you cringed and you thought, "Oh my God, son, you've just crossed when, the line there"? When he was coaching his first game, you know, I I saw him try to be calm, but because Mom and I were there, he, he couldn't no do chance. it. He couldn't oh. be. <laughs> oh boy, Joe, Joe Joe was the uh, wild man, so Joe had a. His window when they lived up in Elk Grove, Joe had a chair outside his window, and Joe would sneak out of the house and go out and party, and then come back in and fall back into the room, and the sisters would know that Joe's back home, and Dad and Mom could never figure out why he had that why that why that chair sitting out there, and he never understood it in all those years, and you know here's Joe. I mowed the grass and I put the chair right back every time. Last week he needed the chair because he was five foot nine and not six foot. If he was six foot three, he'd have got to the ground on his own. But he needed that chair. I'm surprised you didn't put a ladder there, Joe. I know. I'd go. I'd go to bed at eight thirty. I said, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> I'm sure it was a beautiful home. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side, please give our partners at Keller Williams Marquee, Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game the chance to serve you. They've got offices in Waterloo, O'Fallon, and Edwards with more than 130 agents. The Blasting Games are a family-owned business that has helped over 5,000 families find just the right home. The Lipes are one of those families. Jeb and Ginger sold our house quickly because they're experts at staging and pricing, and they helped us find the perfect home, and they can do the same for you. No wonder they're ranked in the top 10 real estate teams in North America. Give Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game a call at 618-578-9276 or check them out online at BlastingGameGroup.com. You will not be disappointed. So real estate is the family business of the Blasting Games. What is the family business of the Parmentiers? Football, basketball, or kids? All three. Yeah, I think kids for him. I mean, his grandkids. I mean. Oh, my. Uh, family. Um, yep. I mean, that's. Uh, that's the only thing I've ever ever known. Him and mom, man, we'd have I don't know how many kids over there, and uh, grandkids and so forth. How many grandkids you got? Oh God, I can't tell you. I don't know. I got a lot. Oh, you got a lot. You got two more now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't even know how many. You got so many grandkids. Oh yes. You might have just had three more during the show, for all you know. <laughs> Not me. Yeah. And that's even more difficult or easier than coaching than coaching another kid. Because I know you got to be spending some time with these grandkids. I know you spent time with Luke talking see, about. See, I can't do anything anymore. I, I had one of my grandsons over, and I, he wanted me to help him with baseball, and uh, hell, I couldn't even throw the ball. To so him. physically, you can't do what no. you did, but but you can still shape his attitude by telling him. Oh yes. What do you tell him? What if I he tell wants him? To, if he wants to be successful at sports. You're a guy that know about that knows about sports success. What do you tell him? Discipline. Discipline is the only thing in a young man's life. Without discipline, they're going to have trouble. And what if? Where does the discipline come from? Should he be self-disciplined, or should his parents tell him, "Look, ten ten thirty, you got to be in bed." Well, I think if you love them, it comes from their parents. I know it did me. I. I wanted the best for these guys. At what year did it stop coming from you and start coming from them? At what year did you set? Did you start saying, "Hey, you make your own choices now"? Through college, through high school. Oh, I. You still tell? Are you still telling them? I still oh, yeah. tell them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your dad still telling you what to do, Mike? Yeah, no, I much. never ever. I never bothered him in football. I never bothered him basketball i was a good basketball coach i don't care what anybody says but this guy could play he could and he could coach and michael yeah. he could co- he could play football and he could coach football and he uh, played he, he play played basketball yeah. he's all-time leading scorer at southwestern which is quite an accomplishment in basketball still yeah at southwestern 
birds. And they've had some tremendous athletes there. Best mascot in the Metro East <laughs> for my money. I've said I've been on record for saying it. <laughs> that Piasaw bird, bird, man, that is yeah. that is a cool thing. And they got the sign and the yeah. eyes. They and the used smoke. to have some crazy fans too. Uh, Ooh, I tell you, man. they got man. fans. Yeah. Not Ooh, now. No crazy fans now. Fans. Yeah, I don't know anymore because we don't, you know, we don't associate Harley anymore. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have great fans? Oh, man? I know. You I know what I mean? Like everybody. You know, you could you could make a list as long as your arm of of schools that have rabid fans. You know, it's just so many, right. so many. I'm just thinking in the Metro East, private schools. That's right. are, you know, there's a bunch of smaller private schools that have rabid fans. There's a yeah. bunch of bigger schools that have that have rabid fans. But I think what it really takes is just a little bit of success. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. In almost any sport, you yeah. know, you look at CM right now in girls basketball. They got and they've got a oh, great oh, a great fan base, right? Oh yeah. But that's that's come with the winning, and yes. you know that's 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 just one small example, one small example of 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 many. Okay, what are you guys up to now, Bill? What are you up to now these days? You said you lost your wife, and I'm very yeah. sorry for your loss uh, a year ago. So, what do you what are your days filled with now? Afternoon nap. Sounds good. It <laughs> sounds good. You watching sports on the television? Oh yes. Do you go to many games? No. You're not not going to games. You're just watching. What I, are you watching? I'd like to go when they were both doing it, but how about Luke watching him play? I watched him when his what night was that? He he watched a couple times, and uh, Joe would bring him down, and they left uh, yeah. the baseball game, and it was a fifth inning or something, and he hit a home run, and they had just left. And I said, hey, Luke just hit a home run and won the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Sounds like you guys ought to leave more often. Yeah. <laughs> He's about, into Jerry Springer now. Jerry yeah. Springer. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if Bill's got a computer, but live streaming is pretty cool. That's, that's one modern thing that I think is pretty cool. You could probably watch your grandson's games on the computer. Oh, yeah. Maybe I, that's kind of a good yeah, thing. Joe helps, me. Joe helps me with that. Yeah, he set up my... Yeah, that's good. And, I, and you're retired now, and you're you're loving life. Oh yeah, I got two grandsons now, and uh, uh, just got uh, my daughter got engaged yesterday. Well, congratulations! And, yeah, and uh, I think I saw that on Facebook. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, him and I and my daughter, that's a senior, uh, are in college. Are going to go fishing before she goes back to college. And I'm hoping my brother and Luke come with us, so we'll get him out and about for a while. And and uh, but see, he got hit a couple years ago coaching. And they had this doggone vertigo. I remember it just that. Won't go away. I remember that. I you mean, were on the sideline. I side got line. drilled, boy. I got drilled. <sighs> Bad luck. I'll say, Wood River and. I always try to fall. keep him. Try to keep him, Dad. Stay behind the ball. Stay behind the ball. He, he'd be <laughs> on the sideline. He'd be five yards inside the the playing field and. Well, he got he got took down, but I always which is not a laughing matter. You know, no. I, you know that's that could. Oh. That was bad, and I think it sounds like it could have been worse, right? Oh, yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> they wanted me to go to the hospital, but I thought I, I got to go home to my wife because I'm going to catch enough hell there. I don't need to go anywhere else. See, how do you get hit like that? <laughs> and you're done coaching, Mike, but you're still teaching. Yeah, I've got um, start up uh, two weeks. Can't wait to see the kids and. Uh, yeah, this past summer I was just talking with Joe about it, and it was just been nice, you know, because as a coach, you you guys obviously know if you're going to have a program, you got to put some time in. And, you know, I was not going to be able to do that at CM. I want to watch my kid play baseball. And, and Dave Martin, real good friend of mine from up at Staunton, we coached and taught together. He, he told me, he said, you know, go watch that boy as much as you can because when he's done – you know, that, that's it. And then you're not, you know, you don't get that time back. And, and I really took that to heart. And, you know, this summer has been a blast. I, you know, I haven't, you know, just, I just go watch him play some baseball and do what I want to do. And today was the first day of practice of official practice for football and really didn't miss it. So. You didn't miss it. <laughs> wow. Kind of, kind of late. We just got back from Florida, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it I knew I was going to go out with, with Luke's class, and um, it was a special group. I loved all those guys, and his his class was really special to me, and I knew I was going out with that group. And, you know, the, the group that's coming in this year, they, they need a guy that's going to be there that can give them all the time and all the stuff that they, they deserve. And I knew I was not going to be able to do that, so I just didn't want to shortchange, you know, the CM football program. Is it fair to say that at some point you may want to reenter the world of coaching? 
Yeah, I, I definitely something I want to do. I don't, you know, I don't know how much as a head coach um, in Florida. Uh, we've been thinking about in five years moving to Florida. Yeah, I just got back from Fort Myers, and I got a buddy down there at Bishop Verratt High School, and I went and watched practice. And uh, they started at six in the morning, and it's completely dark. Yeah. Lights were on, and man, it's just a whole other animal. Down was it there. fun? Oh, I mean, it did it look like fun? Yeah, six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning. To beat Eastern, the heat. They're on Eastern time. And uh, I had to get up at 3.50 in the morning our time and, and drive about half an hour. And, um, you know, just it's just it's, you know, fun seeing, you know, different programs, and especially in the state of Florida. Wow. I mean, what a, what a facility. All right. When you move to Florida, you're going to need a new mortgage <laughs> on your new home. And there's only one guy for you. <laughs> set up a... <laughs> Andy Calloway. Andy Calloway is your guy when you need a new mortgage. Andy Calloway of Calloway Home Loans saves All me money right, every month now, and he'll save my family thousands in the long run. How? He refinanced my existing mortgage, and he can do the same for you. Rates are low, moving up, up and down, but you need to take advantage of an easy, fast, and affordable way to refinance. They do conventional FHA and VA loans. And ask for the MESP special. If you refinance with Andy, he'll donate $100 to the Metro East High School or Junior High team of your choice. He'll give $100 to CM Football, $100 to Wood River Basketball, $100 to EHS Tennis. It's your choice. Call Andy today at 618-830-3332. Save money and support your favorite team in the Metro East. All right. Last question that I can think of right now that I wa- that I wanted to ask you guys before you came in, and it may lead to other questions, but the question is this. You've seen it all in youth sports. What advice do you three have for young coaches, parents, kids entering sports? You start, Bill. I still think that the most important thing is if you're not – if you don't develop – discipline nothing's going to be good for you i really believe it it doesn't mean you go around beating on a kid i'm just talking about good solid discipline so that they understand the meaning of time place what we're going to do how hard we're going to work and uh you know and once they get that You'll have a good time. Do you see the discipline lacking in kids, coaches, or both today? I think it could be a little bit of both. Some guys have the idea that you got to be a friend with the kids, and I always felt like we were friends with the kids, but they knew where the line was. Yeah. I guarantee you they did. How about you, Joe? I I agree. I just... uh... I see a lack of uh, accountability. Uh, kids do what they want. And uh, like he was telling me, he went to Florida and watched the practice, and these kids are coming in late, and the coaches were making accountable and making them run laps or whatever you said they were doing. But I, they did things to make these kids, you know, be accountable. I think once you get, uh, you know, like time is so important. You know, those two hours is – that. Like I said, practice was – I got that from him. I just love practice. I mean, I, I, I went two hours, and that was it. And uh, – you know, in that two hours, you were mine, and uh, I didn't want any interruptions, and that's the way it was. And so, um, you know, when a, a youth program is going on and you teach these kids the discipline or whatever it is, and that two hours, you tell your parents, stay away. I see kids getting uh, cheeseburgers and French fries on the dugouts and during a game, and I'm like, what is going on? You know, <laughs> why are these kids eating? During the middle of a game. And why are the parents interacting with the kids right. in the middle of the and, game? And then it just makes your job so much harder. And uh, I, I saw my son a couple when he was little, and he said, Grandma, <laughs> give me some popcorn. And I walked over to him, and I said, what are you doing, boy? <laughs> no popcorn, you're playing ball. And to this day, we always talk about that. But, I, you know, it's just, you know, <laughs> these kids are so spoiled the way it is. And, and uh you know, during that time, man, let the coaches handle it. And, you know, if they're if they're responsible coaches. I just said that to a meeting of ninety people, people interested in getting into more competitive levels of tennis. And I said the best thing you can do is take your lawn chair, go park it fifty feet away, yep. 
and just let the kid play. I right. said, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a parent stand on the fence and scream, keep your eye on the ball. Be ready. Throw a strike. <laughs> and, and I've never seen a kid be like, thanks for that advice, yeah. Mom. I really appreciate he, that. I, he, he I was never the line thought coach. of that. He was the line coach. And the one thing, we, he, he, we didn't hear much on the sidelines. You're so focused. But he had rabbit ears. He just couldn't stand when people go, come on, line block. Oh, yeah. What do you think they're trying to do? Yeah. We're trying to. But he might, he'd turn around and he'd say something every once in a while. He didn't like that. That was his boys. How about you, Mike? Advice for coaches, parents? Kids, um, you know, in this day and age, as a coach, man, you better be thick-skinned because everybody's got an opinion. Um, I, I try to tell my teams, um, drown out everything that you hear from your parents and from everybody else and just, you know, like uh, Nick Saban, my boy, you know, rat poison. You're feeding my team rat poison and saying how good they are and all that stuff. I say the same thing, and I, I try to be nice about it, at, you know, at, at our team meetings prior to the season, parents – don't tell your kid something or this or that because you're affecting him when we're trying to tell him something else. You know, let us do our job. You know, and I was guilty of doing that myself, second-guessing the coach of my kid, uh, so I'm just as guilty. But, uh, you know, just let us do our job. You know, we think we got the plan in, in place. And like I said, you better be thick-skinned in this day and age because you're going to hear it from some people. And not only are you going to hear it, but in the old days, one dad sat it at the coffee shop on Saturday morning. But in 2022, one mom or one dad puts it out on Twitter, and then 10,000 people That's hear right. that one sentence or that one video or that one word. That one video. And you can get out to, I mean, your reach is so much greater. And that's good and bad if you're saying things that are positive and supportive. But if you're not, you sure can tear that team down. That's and, right. And coaching is different now. Yep. I mean, it's it's so much different now than it was pre-social media and pre-cell phones. Oh it is God. it is so different. And and that genie's not going back in the bottle. No. So, you know, in, in, in the era of of the transfer portal and kids being able to move and kids even transfer in high school now, the way I see it, a lot of kids are transferring or just over playing time. Down in yeah. Florida, uh, Florida high school football, uh, basketball, baseball, you can transfer – if you don't like the school, you can transfer at the uh, at the semester or even at the next start of the next school year. So these guys don't know who they got coming back. <laughs> Crazy. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming. Hey, for you coming. One in. second, I, I do gotta it. tell one story because I think maybe you'll you might start this at Edwardsville. I think you get away with it. Oh, I'm gonna let my dad tell the story about how he got school spirit at Gillespie because they had. What'd some, you do, Dad? They had a, something called the G Club. What it was happened? a Letterman's Club? Yeah. You had to have so many letters, or you had to have so many points to earn a letter. And we got that going, and you could. And I made that such a strong organization. How many kids did you have in it? I had almost 68. Wow. At Gillespie. And how often did the Varsity Club or the Letterman's Club meet? We'd always meet at least twice a month. Huh. Yeah, I have had that idea. Well, to ask him about the initiation, that's what I'm What was initiation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me you shaved heads. No. Oh, no, oh. no. We did worse than that. Don't. Uh, I'm going to guess you had to sing the school song. No. What'd you do? <laughs> you had to go steal I something from school. You I, can tell. It, it's, you're, you take it. Hell, I'll be now. in jail tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> they put an olive between their cheek, butt cheek. And had to walk to half court and dropping it to a can. <laughs> and had if, a little glass. You had to be able to hit it. Wow. <laughs> and if, if they didn't, didn't hit it. I, we had another one in our hand and we act like they had to eat it. Yeah, oh. if they missed it. <laughs> hey, ask, 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 ask Killer about that, Hilly. <laughs> so you coach Killer? Well, he was, he was there. Yes. Well, we can talk about, we're talking about Chuck Janulavich, who's who's I tell you what, whose great daughter Sarah played for me. They don't make him any better than than Killer. Killer, no. and well, he played football no. a little bit. No, but you just knew him. He was my boy. Yep, he was your boy. He was always there for me. He'd he'd do anything. He'd Still, probably. Oh yes, loyal guy, good guy. 
All right. Well, I didn't expect to hear about olives and butt cheeks today, but that's good. Good enough. <laughs> that's what I said. But can you imagine? Can you imagine doing that today? No. I mean, they no. tape up the windows, and of course, they did other things. But I mean, yeah. yeah that, well, I was, whenever I go out, I hear that story about their G Club there, and all these guys love that stuff. Well, they just couldn't wait to get in. I, I really couldn't. <laughs> All right, well, Parmentiers, uh, three three Hall of Famers. Guys, thanks so much for coming by. It really was, uh, I mean, on my side hurts from laughing so hard at some of these stories. Well, thank but, you for everything. I'll tell you, I really appreciate it. No, it's great. It's great to have you here, and this this show will be out there forever for uh, generations to hear. And next time, oh boy. next time you come, we got to get fourth-generation Luke in here or some of these grandkids bet, yeah. to talk about it, all right? Yeah. All right, big thanks to guests, the Parmentiers, and for partners, Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams, Marquee, Jeb, and Ginger, Blasting Game, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oakbrook Golf Club, and Rosenthal License and Title Services, our engineers, Brian Kroc and Everett Hicks, who are the best. Thank you for listening to the Metro Esports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro East. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 